This is an AMI podcast. Another amazing week in tech with lots of really cool stuff going on. What? I have absolutely no idea. Thankfully, Sean Priest is with me this week. This is Mark Aflalo sitting in the hosting chair for Stephen Scott. Where's Stephen? No clue. But I'm here, thankfully, so we'll figure this one out. This is Double Tap, the weekend edition. You're listening to Double Tap, the weekend edition, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Mark Aflalo and Sean Priest. Oh, Sean, it's almost like Stephen prepared us for this moment. Produced imaging and everything. I've missed you, Mark. I've it's, missed it's you been so. An age. What's happened? I don't understand what's going on. One day I'm told, uh, Mark, we're going to be doing this daily thing, and uh, yep. it's going to be way yep. too early for you. You're more than welcome to join us if you want to come at 3 in the morning your time. And yes. and that and that's just what happened. I was gone. Well, I believe it's a, a commitment test. That's what it is. Are you oh. committed enough to get up at 3 a.m. to talk to me and Stephen? Let's flash back for a moment to our <laughs> let our audience think for a moment. There was a, a period in time about two years ago that we decided it would be a brilliant idea to do this show live at eight o'clock yeah. Eastern on Thursdays. Right. And, um, and for me, it was, you know, I get this, you know, come down to my office and run away from the family for a bit. You guys yeah. though, eight o'clock Eastern, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, one in the morning that lasted about what? Four weeks. Yeah. I, I, well, I mean, it, firstly, it wasn't my choice to go live at 1 a.m. in the morning because that's one thing I'm definitely not at 1 a.m. live. Live. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I understand. But um, I was quite happy with it. You know, once you get into that routine, Mark, it was fine. So why did we stop? Uh, because we weren't very good at it. <laughs> we weren't very good at it. <laughs> because we, me and Stephen were half asleep. I think that was probably why. So when you talk about commitment tests. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. could have been one as well, could it not? All right, okay. Well, that, it's not my. I, don't blame me. That's all I'm saying. Let's blame Stephen. He's not here. Well, that's Stephen's that's fault. what I love doing. It's like when you start a new job and you're replacing somebody. Old guys out, in new guys in. We go. Oh, this is great. I love it. Yeah, it's it's all the problem of the old regime. I gotta say, Stephen's better be on holiday, but. I've heard more from him this week than I have all the other time. Yeah, he was supposed he, to be on holiday this whole week, wasn't he? Yeah, he doesn't turn off. That's all. He he just rang me today. He's he's rearranging his studio. Of course he is. I mean, what else would you do on holiday? Oh, he's already oh, rearranging his studio. Great. Uh, <laughs> he's having new carpeting in. and Oh, wow. Okay. Whatever, Stephen. Calm down. I guess when you have a new carpeting put in, you got to actually just, you know, make sure you get it in there. You got to get everything out of the room. I thought they do that for you. Don't they do that for you? Well, no, I had this discussion with him. Why have you got to take everything out? Just carpet around the desk. Carpet around that would, the chair. That would look wonderful. Nothing wrong I think. with that. I think that would no, look it's... absolutely wonderful. Yes, absolutely. There's there's voices in my room. I, this is what happens when you don't close the door. You hear people like the dogs and the wife when they leave the house. It's very, very distracting. I should really learn oh, to like close it. my door. It, it, it's okay. How, how's your week uh, been? What's uh, What's been exciting? I know you guys obviously talked about all the Apple announcements. I love when Apple releases just press releases. That's all. It's kind of fun. You don't have to tune in at a certain time. It's just like, oh, good whoa, morning. Whoa, 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 whoa. Is it? No, no, well, no. I don't like these silent just, you know, oh, here we go, secretly and quietly put it in the uh, app store. Uh, uh, sorry, the Apple store. I, I want the event. I want the razzmatazz. You I want, want the, the, uh, the rigmarole. The slickness. The, the, uh, I do. Do you not think it was uh, there was anything worthwhile for an event there? I mean, you know, an Apple TV and two iPads. 
I no. mean, they could have made an event out of that, surely. Well, they did a 10-minute video, a 10-minute reveal video. So that gives you an indication of how long that segment would have been, that media event would have been. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they did. They did a reveal for the iPads. And, and it's funny because Stephen hadn't even noticed about notices. But there was a video kind of reveal that they did put out aside from the press releases. I don't know about you, but I got lost in just the individual product announcements, so I didn't really realize. But yeah, there was like a 10-minute video where the couple people from Apple talked about kind of like one of their recorded, the recorded, you know... Uh, really? Yeah. Oh, you see, oh, you didn't realize that. either. No, I didn't. Oh, okay. I'll take it all back then. A 10-minute event. Actually, that sounds like a good idea. Grab <laughs> <laughs> it all in ten minutes. You do it all the time, but that was only the iPads. They didn't talk about the Apple TVs in in that. So maybe there's another reveal video for the Apple TVs and combine uh, them together. Maybe you get fifteen minutes. Maybe you get twenty, depending how much they talk. Do you use the Apple TV for absolutely anything at all? Mark? I do. I actually use it as my primary media player in all my rooms. And here's the interesting oh, oh, thing. Wow. Yeah, okay. but I also have Roku enabled TVs, which I love, yes. and they're phenomenal. But my my TV carrier, Bell, here in Canada, um, does not have an app for Roku yet. It's on their it's on their game plan, and they plan on releasing it, but it's not actually mm. out yet. So I need my Apple TV in order to tune into Bell and see the guide and all that fun stuff. Right. Okay. So this, see, this is where it gets slightly confusing. So over here, there's no um, live TV option on the Apple TV. Well, I, I use mine purely. Netflix. You know, Disney Plus. Yeah. All that streaming goodness, fantastic. But it's so accessible to me. I would absolutely love it if I could watch uh, terrestrial uh, over-the-air channels on it, you know? Uh, being able to access the EPG, the program guide, audio description on it, it would be amazing. It would be the best set-top box out there. But we don't get that option. So I just, I just feel like there's so much potential to the Apple TV. And maybe... Maybe you do get more use of it over there in Canada. Maybe that is the uh, sort of killer feature. But I just don't think we've got the killer use for it yet over here. I'm using it to stream to Netflix. Now with all the smart TVs, I can cast my phone directly to a yeah. TV anyway, skipping over the Apple TV. Yeah, but I find when I cast my phone, like it's still not the most reliable thing in the world. I find myself constantly, oh, then I go pick up my phone and interrupt something. It doesn't seamlessly just kind of transfer. That's just, true. Yeah. That's what yeah, I find a little yeah. bit annoying before the phone rings and other people are watching. I, I like the Apple TV for that because the Apple TV, because of the iCloud account, when you start something on the Apple TV, even if you initiate it from your phone, it kind of just transfers to your Apple TV. It doesn't stick. You could still control it with your phone, yeah. but it's not really on the phone really you know, playing. So I like that. Well, I like it for it, that. And it's also it's fast. I, I like that it's fast and it's quick and it's easy to use. And it it's tied in with HomeKit. When my doorbell rings, I see an image of who's at my door. Oh, you and HomeKit. Matter was released, wasn't it? Absolutely. Matter was, yeah, um, Matter was officially released uh, about two weeks ago, three weeks ago. That's yeah. the new home, smart home standard, if people are just tuning in. I decided to see what that actually means. I, I hope it means that we'll start to, start to see some cross-compatibility among our smart speakers and devices. Well, I'm hoping it just means I can just use one app instead of having to go to, you know, smart life, smart things, or... Uh, Casa or TP Link. I, I just, you know, just there, one there, thing there to are workarounds. <laughs> yeah, there is, but that's the thing. You see, it, 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 the average guy on the street isn't going to want to, you know, form and link together all these workarounds and flash firmwares or set up. Um... You know what? It was surprisingly easy. It was really? surpri- Yeah, it's a, a, what I use is a, is a program called HomeBridge, 
and HomeBridge is yes. kind of open source. Yeah. And when you run it and it's on your network and you can run this on a Raspberry Pi, you can actually buy, there's a company called Hoobs that sells it for like $49 out of the box. It just works. It detects all your devices on your on your network and makes them all available in HomeKit. Wow, yes, I've heard of that. Isn't that just available on Android as well? I think if you've got an Android phone, you've got a spare one. I believe it's uh, yeah. an app you can just run. Yeah, you can just run the actual HomeBridge app and get access to everything. So there are there are workarounds if you want to go through the process, but it is kind of laborsome. Yeah, just well, that's, a, that's the whole thing, as far as I can make out, of matter. It should take that place, but... I just can't believe that these companies, after being, you know, trying to lock their own ecosystems down for that long, are, are actually opening up and saying, yeah, okay, let's go with it. I, I, I won't believe it until it happens. You know, I think at the end of the day, when it comes to the smart home stuff, there's nothing really proprietary there. You know, so what? So your your doorbell works on a different frequency so nobody else can use it. All that's doing is just pissing off consumers. There's no... No, yeah. like, FaceTime, like, iMessage benefit here that, you know, locks people into your ecosystem because of that. No, that's true. That's true. So yeah, I think well, it makes sense. It's a brave new world, Mark. I'm looking forward. But you're going to have to upgrade everything because it is not backwards compatible with devices unless they no. had the, the Matter compatible chip or something in there. Really? I thought it would be yeah. just a case of firmware. It's nope. got to be a specific... Oh, oh well, in, that's In terrible. most cases. But that's you see, that's why in my home I use Lutron and the Cassetta Bridge because it's one thing to update and it you know, controls all my lights. Then I'll have the I Philips have no idea Hue. what all that means. Lutron, so Lutron uh, makes light switches. So when I went to start upgrading my home, instead of changing bulbs, I changed the switches. Less investment. Oh. $60 Clever. per switch versus... You know, twenty, thirty dollars a bulb. Yes, and then the switches connect to a hub, kind of like Philips Hue does. There's right. a little bridge, the little hub that plugs into your internet, and that Z-Wave? hub, uh, it, it probably works Z-Wave or Zigbee, one of the one of the one of the two technologies, but that just plugs into my network, and that and that hub gives me the HomeKit compatibility. So all they're going to have to do is say, "Here's a new hub for sixty bucks." And that's all I'm changing. Same thing with Philips. So it's that's less cool. of an investment of, you know, I'll have to change every device in my house. Yeah, yeah, but that's only for turning the lights on and off, Mark. I mean, you know, when you want to turn the lights red at those special times, you can't do it, Mark. So, sorry, it's not good enough. What special times are you referring to? I'm not going into it, Mark, but we all know. Wow. Okay. It's that kind of show. <laughs> it's that kind of weekend show. I, I I know you guys, um, you and Steven talked about obviously the Apple announcement, but what I mean, if you were to try after a couple of days now having talked about it, what's your overall thoughts on the uh on the new iPads? Oh, I think they're gonna sell like hotcakes, uh, at least the entry level one. I think it's you know I, Sarah just bought one. My partner just bought the entry level iPad, right? She wants it for her movies and her audiobooks. She wants a separate device. Fine. And it turned up, it just feels so dated with that home button, and it it just doesn't feel like it fits in. Now, with this updated design, with this new entry-level iPad, you know, now they've got rid of the home button and freshened it all up, it does feel more like it's in line with the rest of the lineup. I I think it's going to sell really well. Uh, The price has gone up by, what, $150 or something like that? I do have a slight problem with that. I think the entry level price was really good, actually. Um, 
Well, some people are saying that. this kind of prices is outside of the the school range, the education range. There are still education discounts, so when you do buy stuff for that, you do save some bucks. But yeah, you're I can't get basically that. paying so retail. Well, you should become a student. Yeah. I should do. The school of higher right. learning. Uh, no. Can I just say, it's are they USB-C? Is it got USB-C? It does. Or is it Lightning and USB-C? You know, that's a good it's not lightning and USB-C that would be an interesting interesting development this is another one of the controversies because it's still only compatible with the original Apple Pencil I don't know why they would just not phase that out we talked about this yeah, yeah so you need that new adapter crazy. but it comes with the adapter it actually comes with the adapter in the box to connect lightning to USB-C oh, it does. yeah it does I did. I, that's what I found that afterwards or you can buy it for $9 but um, let me um, why $9? Nine is that dollars. what from Apple? That's from Apple. Yeah, if you want to buy it, you know. If you, wow. Yeah, it's, it's usually thirty dollars starting, right? For no, any it, from I think the other one was six dollars or something like that. It's uh, quite interesting. Uh, let me let me take a look here. I know it's definitely USB C. Whether or not that's Thunderbolt or not, that's another question. It says iPad USB C charge cable. Well, the Pro is the Pro. I know for definitely. sure is Thunderbolt four on the new Pro. Yeah. Um, on this one, does it, anyone it is, care? I mean, if they're yes, buying the entry who are level, photographers. They, they well, on the Pro, you care. On the Pro, you care. Oh because, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you got the you got all the camera features and all that fun stuff. Um, but I'm not seeing here display support, native display port output over USB C. So I'm thinking that if you can do that, it's probably going to be Thunderbolt. But you know what? It no, must be if it does yeah. display over. No, because you USB-C. can also do you can also you can use the adapter for USB C to like HDMI and use a display out there. But when I go on the page on the tech specs and I look up Thunderbolt, it doesn't say anything. So maybe it's not. Hmm. Maybe it's just USB three point Would you expect that on an entry level? I'm not entirely sure anyway. Like I say, I'm not sure anyone buying the entry level really cares. No, I think people. USB-C. You know, listen. I think this is this is going to be gangbusters for apple i think number one the form factor is now getting unified you're getting rid of that original that original form factor with the home button i know some people are gonna gonna kind of complain about it you know they're gonna say it's fine but they still have they still have that ninth generation one with the home button kind of still lingering around and you could still get that for 449 uh canadian um whereas the new one i mean starting price is uh yes from 599 canadian so So 150 bucks more. Listen, I think we'll see that shift. I think we'll see that that 10.5 inch with the home button kind of fade away, and we'll probably see this price kind of drop down to that price at some point yeah, as well. But, but when, you have to when the inflation. next one comes along, or before that, I, yeah. Probably, I mean, it's hard to complain because, yeah. you, like you say, you still got the ninth gen there, so that is the entry entry level iPad. <laughs> so, so you can't really complain, I suppose. I went so I went to order one just because I wanted to talk about it and, and kind of play with it. So I ordered the the iPad Pro the 11 inch because I've had the 12.5 inch before. I just found it just too big and bulky. Right. Um. And I was kind of torn because I don't didn't know what amount of storage I should get. You know, on a phone, on a given day, I could look at my phone and say, okay, I use about I don't know, 100 gigs, maybe under 100 gigs. So a 256 gig is a safe bet on the phone. Yes. On the iPad, though, it's hard because eventually if they get more more software on there that I can do yes. more with it, I want to, I want that space. Now, I don't want a terabyte. I think that's a little bit of overkill, especially for the price they're charging. And, and because it is Thunderbolt, you can plug in an external hard drive to it. 
right? You can plug in a hub, you can yeah, plug in a hard drive. Right. Yeah. So you can, and so you can plug in an SSD, so it'll work pretty quick. So I ended up ordering the um, the 256. And I okay. don't know if that's going to be a like mistake a or bet. not. Is it, though? Is it a safe? I, I don't know. Well, I mean, are you looking at this as a replacement for your, any, you know, no, is it, this going into your workflow at any no, point? Are you going to do video editing on this? No, I can't. I mean, they, the, the funniest thing was they announced this and they showcase in all the ads and even on the website, they showcase a version of DaVinci Resolve on the iPad. Yeah. Which blew my mind, number one, that finally somebody's brought a full-fledged video editor to the iPad. But the fact that Apple kind of is behind on this and they're to the point that they're showcasing another person's software where they actively compete with Final Cut. That's true. I didn't even think yeah. about <laughs> that. Yeah. Think it? It's like, hey, by the way, good, look at this. Good, uh, look at them editing, how great they edit with DaVinci Resolve. Yeah, I know we've got Final Cut and I know it works and it already is optimized for the M1, so it should just work on this normally. We're just not going to make it available. <laughs> wow. I guess, That's a really you know, good point. I guess at the end of the day that you know they're just not ready because they just that's that's what they keep saying eh? they keep saying that uh yeah but they don't release stuff apple's until it's not ready, ready what well, how, how are third-party developers ready if apple's not ready i mean they're the focus? ones that, that came focus. out with the strap line that this is a replacement for your laptop finally yeah and it, it just isn't right I and mean, that's purely down to the software if, if we're switching to like with in the case of the um ipad pro if we're switching to the m2 then let's just put Mac, Mac OS on it, surely. That's <laughs> got to be the next step. You know, uh, we all want it. We all want it. Like, this is this is where I get jealous when a new Surface device comes out, and I'm like, oh, look at that yeah. one nice, slee- slick, you know, slick device with a touchscreen that I want to use it in a nice keyboard accessory. But, you know, will it, would it cannibalize the MacBook Air? Yeah, of course it would. I, I, look, different form factor, right? But if you're going to use it, like if they put a, a Mac OS on the iPad, then you're talking, you know, the the um, folio case keyboard that yep. you would need to yep. use it properly. Uh, Which they're getting towards now. They've got a magic keyboard with a larger trackpad and a more yep. functional keyboard for the iPad. It almost feels like they're going there in little tiny little steps, but they yep. just aren't willing to commit. <laughs> and then at what point does that iPad now become you know, a, a, a MacBook Air. It, it is um, it is tricky. You'd think that, I, I know that, you know, the scuttlebutt or the, the conversation is that it's just Mac, Mac OS is just, it's not a touch-friendly interface. Yes. But I beg to differ. I really, I do, because it's the same could be said about Windows. And look what they've done. It's just small little modifications to the UI when it's in tablet form. And everything works. It's all there. You've got your mouse control if you want it. You've got your yeah. touch control if you want it. And I think the hybrid of mouse and touch is, is so so nice. It's so welcome. Like to be able to just I want to touch this. Push this. To reach button. out and touch it. Just reach out and touch <laughs> but, someone, Sean. Yeah, I I I will do. No wait. So look, the, yeah, but the iPad Pro has that mouse hover. No, sorry, pen hover feature, isn't yeah. it? Called? So uh, up to 12 millimeters away from the screen, you just hold it over. And when you approach something like a text field, it it enlarges, it zooms in on that. So before you even put your pen in the text field, yeah. that text field actually physically grows in size on the screen. 
because it knows the pen is coming towards it. I mean, that's the answer, isn't it? Apple are a king of the user interface. And um, it seems like... Do you think well, that's, that's the, answer the answer for touch as well? Yeah, absolutely. As soon as they feel that you're, you're going towards... I mean, it does it anyway. On, on something like the iPhone, the way the keyboard works, uh, it uses that sort of predictive... Uh, it knows what word you're trying to type. It knows what letter you're going Auto-complete, to go for which, next. by the way, is the bane of my existence. <laughs> but yeah, but I'm, I'm not talking... I'm talking about on a, a lower system level than that. Yeah. It sort of predicts... It, it makes the touch area around the key that it thinks you're going for next. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. you're right. So, so it, it's sort it's it's always it's already doing that. It's already adjusting the touch area for where you're where it thinks you're going. And I think it could do the same thing. I think it's it's a bit of um I think it's a bit of a myth that uh, you know oh the software isn't ready for um touch. Well, interface. I think it's a line. I, right? I think it's, they it's could almost like it. a marketing line. It's like oh it's just not. The, but I think we're getting there. You know, I think you know it, it, the the topic has been broached in 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 many an interview with various people at Apple, and they always tend to say, well, not now, not now, not now, but they don't rule it out, right? They never say never. No. And I can't imagine that somewhere in Apple's headquarters in their labs behind closed doors somewhere, there's not an iPad with this M2 chip or when the M1 chip went on it that is running macOS. Come on. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I just... I... It's it's like you pointed out there, and I didn't really think about it. You know, when you're talking about DaVinci Resolve versus Final Cut, of course Apple should have this already. That that should be the first thing on this system, right? Yeah, you know I what? Mean, someone uh, has to come. Someone has to do it first. And the fact that they allowed it, which it's just great, because they've always yeah. been open to competition like that, even with their own apps. Um, I I saw a couple beta videos on DaVinci Resolve for the for the M2, and it looks pretty pretty similar to. The desktop interface. I'm not a Resolve user. I, I've never used DaVinci Resolve. I, I use Adobe Suite Premiere and stuff like that, which isn't necessarily available for the iPad um, on the on the video or audio editing side. Which I would be. That is what would be the tipping point for me. I'll tell you. If I can open a project, if yes. I could somehow open a project that I'm working on audio or video wise, with all my plugins and everything, or even temporarily open it without my plugins or whatever I need, just to be able to make some fine-tune yeah. edits or export something, that's what yeah. will make it the replacement for a computer because I don't really need... Like, I have, I buy a high-end laptop because of those things. I need to be able to take it well, anywhere and edit, you know? The, the the Apple Silicon has proved itself to be more than capable when it comes to video editing, as, soon as, as far as I know. I mean, oh, I haven't no, no, used you it are for that, correct. Obviously. That is an absolutely valid, correct statement. Right. So you got that. So why why wouldn't Apple take it down that that direction um, more importantly why wouldn't adobe i mean that this is their bread and butter as well uh, why are we not seeing premiere for ipad i think what's the reason behind that there's there's no official reason like there's no no one's really answered that question in adobe uh, at least that i've heard i i can tell you that from my perspective adobe's bread and butter has always been photoshop and illustrator yeah. So to course. bring those and first that, and to really that is perfect available, it, isn't it. Yeah, those are available. And they've gone they started really really stripped down, which people complained about, and they've over time really made it quite robust. And they've really optimized the pen interface for not only the iPad versions but also their Windows versions and even their Mac versions because they know people are now using their their iPad as a second screen. And when you use your iPad as a second screen, you get that touch interface. 
with with the with the Mac. So it's kind of interesting. You can kind of keep your mm-hmm. iPad to the side as a second screen and drag a window over and, and touch things. So it is kind yeah. of interesting, and it's a. Uh, I think it's listen. It's all coming. It's just when is it going to come? That's the uh, that is a question at yeah. the end of the day. So. Not so, I thought it was look. It was it was a good drop, right? You know, the, the, if you're into your iPad Pro, do you actually use your iPad Pro for anything? <laughs> you know what? I um I have a mixer, an audio mixer, um, and I use my iPad, my old 10.5 inch iPad Pro, to control that mixer. That is the only thing I use it for. Um, I do yeah. occasionally pop it on on my camera as a teleprompter. That's what I use it for. <laughs> and when I travel, when I travel, I find myself consuming a lot of media on it. I'll download. A lot of is, stuff from Netflix or Disney Plus to watch on the road. That's it. Isn't that what the tablets still are? They still are mainly for consuming content, right? Browsing the web, Netflix, in Disney Plus, in streaming, whatever. Yeah. Um, and occasional uh, browsing and just kind of looking for stuff. I'll do occasional emails here and there. But I just, you know, yeah. I haven't programmed my brain to kind of... It It is different. It's different enough on the applications that I use on a daily basis, like the Word, the Excel, the PowerPoints, and the keynote and pages it's different enough that it's yeah. not i'm just not as fast and as as proficient with it so it's interesting yeah so just rest it on your belly and um watch netflix on the sofa Listen, that's what ipads are for talk talk you know talk about yourself not me here okay uh, i am doing <laughs> so you're not buying one no no entry level you're gonna wait for steven's cast offs i i well yeah i would i would like one just to throw in the living room but i just honestly you know as from accessibility point of view there's no difference between an ipad and an iphone you know it's actually a little bit easier to use the smaller screen of an iphone than it is to use the ipad because once you go to ipad os then you you introduce columns into certain apps which makes it more difficult to you know simply navigate around it's it's not really an issue i'm just saying it's it's a lot easier to swipe through a single list on an iphone than it is uh, to go through columns and then different areas on a iPad. So I'm more tempted just, if I want, it's a second device, I would just probably just buy another iPhone. Oh, really? Or a bigger iPhone? Do you have a, you have a Pro Max or you're on a, what are you on now? No, I, well, actually I've got a, a iPhone 11. I've got an iPhone 12 mini, but the 12 mini, ah, man, the battery life, I'm getting to that point now where it gets to 10% and it'll just turn off. Oh, really? So yeah, the battery health isn't good on that thing. So yeah, I people are raving. People are like, oh, well, bring the Mini back. Bring the Mini back. Clearly, the Mini was not a performer. This is going to be one of those no, things I, that I think we're going to keep around as a, a museum piece. Yeah, I mean, I love the form factor. It's very 4S-like, which I really liked at the time, but the, the battery just isn't up to it. I mean, it's fine as a house phone, but if I was on the road <laughs> all the time, I would absolutely hate it. It's just constantly on the MagSafe charger, you know, so... Yeah, I, I think the next one I get would be a Pro or Pro Max purely for the battery life. Yeah. Obviously, screen size doesn't matter to me. Yeah, the only uh, thing I warn about the, does. the only thing I warn about the Pro Max is when you're in bed and you're holding your phone up for some reason, don't drop it on your head. It hurts. God, does it? Hurt. Oh, I do. I used to do that with the iPad <laughs> when I had the, I had the iPad three. <laughs> you used to smack yourself in the nose with it all the time. Oh yeah, yeah. The amount of bruises. People like uh, something wrong on at home. Yeah, my iPad keeps attacking me. Domestic abuse from my iPad. Oh, let's take a break. It is Double Tap. Sean Priest and Mark Aflalo with you. Stephen Scott, unknown. We have nowhere, no idea where he went. He's in a in his plot of land somewhere in Scotland, tending to his Shouting. sheep. Tending to his sheep. Shouting. <laughs> Let me back in the door. Uh, we'll take a quick break and come back. I've more to talk about here on Double Tap. 
Follow Double Tap on social media at Double Tap On Air. And subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And email us, feedback at ami.ca. We'll be right back. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Marco Flalo sitting in the hosting chair for Stephen Scott. Sean Priest, of course, by my side. Always one constant here. It seems to be Sean Priest. You never go anywhere. Thank you. I know. What is I'd it? I never like leave you the shed. Vacation? Nothing? It's, what? You never go on vacation. Like, what is that? All right. I got, don't make me feel bad. Don't bring me down. Well, no, but, you okay. know, it's always good. You need to, you know, to rest, relax, and, you know, get some no. kind of reset. I don't know. Just fine be that i'm way. against it i'm against uh holidays as we call them properly in the queen's english i'm against holidays how does, as, how does as your partner rule. feel about that <laughs> well, uh, yeah, she's not quite with me she's on holiday at the minute no so, yeah i don't need holidays holidays are for wimps you know you know what pisses me off um about the fact that you're in the uk and i'm here in canada with the majority of people listening to us um yes. uh is hello canada is we never there's never Feature parity amongst things on products. For example, yes. our smart speakers. You tend to get certain features before we get certain features. And there's no rhyme or reason for it either. Like the only difference I see sometimes is on like American made stuff like Apple. Apple tends, of course, to give it to the US first, then it goes yes. to, you know, other countries. But when it comes to other devices, whether they're U.S. companies, American, Canadian companies, they tend. Is it are your regulations less tight? Is that what's going on? Is it like how dare you, sir? Oh come on! I've, I've seen your parliament. Very tight regulations. <laughs> I'll have you know, uh, they squeak. But the thing is, it, it seems to be America that gets everything first. It, it, they sometimes they. Yeah, maybe. And like you say, it, it, there doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason. It's got to be to do with legislation somewhere along the line. That the different countries have different rules when it comes to certain things. And I totally get that when it comes to some of the, um, you know, the, the medical or health features. That makes sense. Functions. I think every country has their own requirements and standards. Even even yeah. food sometimes. I know there's restaurants that we don't get here in Quebec and Montreal because there are language laws that you have to deal with, so you have to translate everything, but there's also different requirements for health standards. So Taco Bell, for example, didn't meet those requirements, so they're not here. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, not up to discussion another day. But, um, you know, we were talking off the air about, you know, your your Echo and some of the new features that you've been playing with. Tell me about these. Well, I've been... In the latest update, um, we've been given the presence detection feature in the uh, fourth gen Echoes and the Echo Dots fourth gens as well. Um, you will now find if you go to the device settings, there is a, um, so I think they call it uh, sonic motion or something like that. So it can now detect and trigger routines, whether if when it detects someone actually in the room or even when the room is empty. I thought absolutely fantastic. I, I, but again, I don't know how widespread this is. I don't know if this has hit Canada yet. Um, but I, I got a feeling it would have. I, I, this is a, a cool little feature that actually doesn't need anything special. The the fourth gens um, are just basically using a, a sound that you can't hear, supersonic sound, really? to detect presence and, and, and changes in air pressure. The technology is utterly... It's basically sonar. Well, yeah, exactly right. Now, 
they also have it for second gen shows, Echo Show 5s and 8s, and I think above. Um, but they just use the camera to detect motion, which is pretty that's straightforward. What, see, that's what I thought I would use. I thought it just, you know, nothing in its field of vision. So it could detect what's in there. Where, where is yeah. the setting? Walk me through this where the setting is again, because I'm going to look for oh, it. In well, the now, now you're asking me. Well, if, you if, are Sean. In, in a supported device, if you go to devices in the uh, Lady A app, if you go to devices and then echoes at the top left there okay uh, and then find your device as i said it needs to be an echo dot four or an echo four uh, and then go to device settings then underneath i think where it says general you will find a um it's either a motion setting or now i can't i the I'm only thing right in now. there it's I'm not looking. a toggle echo it's show. not a toggle to... yeah sound settings general do not disturb. oh now you're looking in echo show i'm not sure where that well, it's the one they happen to have in the room. Follow adaptive listening, oh, oh, photo okay. display, measurement, register to. So, no, I'm trying to figure out. So, I guess on a dot, there is no camera, right? On the dot. So, exactly right. But that's the difference, right? Because if you want to use this as, say, you want to use it to turn on a nightlight when someone's walking around the house, then it doesn't see you because there's not enough light. So, if you're using a show to detect motion, it is using the camera and you need enough light for that camera to work and register when someone walks into the room or leaves. That makes sense, yeah. So the Echo Show does have a limitation to that, whereas with the Dots uh, and the Echo 4s, it's using, uh, it's just playing a, a supersonic sound that you can't hear, and it's using that to detect presence. Fantastic. Now, the thing I've been interested in, because I said I told Stephen this, and he's, well, what would you use that for? It's pointless, you know. You oh, he does not. You... He is not thinking. He's not thinking well because the the uh, the opportunities. I'm my brain is working overtime now, thinking about yes. the various things I can do. Like when my kids never turn the lights off in a certain room, I can now make the lights go off by themselves, um, and various things like that. Sleepwalking. That's the thing. <laughs> oh, I, I'm thinking. You know, I'm I'm watching my energy bills now because of the price of electricity has gone so. Uh, massive i'm thinking okay so when presence isn't detected so when a room is empty i want smart plugs on everything on my media center you know power strip i want all that switched off i want my you know i've got lights behind the tv you know those yeah, little back lights yeah. I, I want those all turned off so i'm thinking of just putting smart plugs everywhere and then when no one's in that room bang i'm thinking of my room even i've got a, a belkin boost pro you know one of those chargers yeah i mean the amount of time i'm actually using that to charge anything versus the time that it's just drawing power but is it drawing power the whole time i guess it is it is yeah it's, yeah. it's quite surprising how much these wireless chargers are actually drawing you know constantly and compared to the amount of time you actually use them to charge so i'm thinking just smart plugs everywhere and as soon as the room's empty bang everything goes off now does so it... i'm getting sorry no no go ahead I'm getting a smart meter put in uh, at the end of the month, and uh, I'm going to be really interested to see. I'm thinking even like I've got Echo Studios in the living room. I've got two of them. And I'm thinking, oh, how much are those actually drawing, you know, at <laughs> time? So I'm going to be monitoring what they are, and then I'm going to be you know, messing around with this presence detection. To you turn bring up things such an interesting point about the fact that our devices, how many devices do we have plugged in in our home? that are drawing power when we're not using it. Yeah. And I never really put much thought into it, but every little charger, every device that I leave on all the time, everything in my studio, I mean, granted, the price of energy here is way cheaper than there because we have 
our own hydroelectricity and lots of water and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah that that is uh, I'm really curious to see how that goes with you, that smart meter to see before and after. Yeah, absolutely. So am I. I mean, am I is it sort of just tricking myself? Because if you're getting if I'm putting smart plugs in every socket, those are constantly on. They need that Wi-Fi connection constantly going. So they're phantom drawing power all the time as well. Yeah. But is that is that better once they turn off the other devices? You know, <laughs> it's, it's a bit of I'm interested to see how that works out. Plus, I quite like it that when I walk in the shed now, the echo detects me and turns everything on uh, automatically. You know, it just feels cool. Does it just it... feels like a bit of a sci-fi movie. Hey, uh, I love that. Have you programmed a routine so that it actually welcomes you too? It does. Yes, that's right. Yes, I have. I'm sad <laughs> like that. Yes. What does it say? <laughs> Hello, Sean. Getting studio ready. Ah, it's just so cool. Uh, that's that's a future episode of Shaun of the Shed right there, how to do yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, there you go. You're actually right. Yeah, it will be. I, I can't make fun of you either because my um my when I walk into my studio, I don't have presence detection, although I have enough devices in here that I could be using it. Um, uh, mine says, uh, good day, Mark. Um, here's what's on tap today, and it reads me my schedule, my next three items in my schedule. Oh, and it turns cool. the lights on, and uh, it does that. And my son and daughter now, when I say good night to uh, you know Alexa, good night, uh, good night Zachary, good night Taylor, it has a whole, it, it reads a whole paragraph that I change every once in a while that just makes fun of them. It's like good night Zachary, <laughs> just... I hope you had a good day. Are you done playing Minecraft yet? Don't forget to tell your mother she loves you, and don't forget to tell your father that he loves you too. Just stupid stuff like that, and I'll change it every once in a while. You are a poopy pants. Please don't. Ah, <laughs> just... oh, that's really nice. I've actually got a listener wrote me a a custom skill because I was saying I wanted something that that played um, just my voice. So I want to record me saying something into Dropbox, and then I want to trigger it playback through a, a routine I, I was actually using a um the sound detection feature to trigger a routine so there's things like snoring baby crying dog barking and i was using a beeping device sound so as soon as the microwave stops and it starts beeping i've got it saying like it's ready it's ready come again it's ready it's ready it just really annoys the rest of the family which obviously is the whole point of these routines most of the time so um, now I've, I want to set it up, and someone's written me this skill because I, I did put a, a call out that when it hears something like that, now it's just going to play my voice, you know. What's cooking? I want some. Bring it to me. Uh, whatever it is. <laughs> whatever I can do to annoy the rest of the family, that's what technology's for. Well, of course, that's what it's for. But, you know, I, I, I must say that the the presence detection with, with sonar must be, or with sound, must be way more reliable than than anything else because I've tried skills, for example, um, you know, if it's after a certain amount of time and it stops detecting occupancy with my with my Ecobee sensors, because they're room sensors that detect yes. motion. So they're motion but the problem is is that if you go into a room, for example, and sit down and go to watch a TV show or read a book or whatnot and you're not moving too much, then it thinks that you're not there. Whereas yes. with the sound, because of the way it bounces back, it should circumvent that. It should be able to work around that. That's the thing I need to test because uh, I'm not sure. Because Amazon says, you know, if you just wave your hand, it may not pick that up. So it does actually need uh, uh, more motion or more presence than that. I don't know. The thing I am struggling with at the minute is that it does have a cool-off period. So if you 
if I come into the shed and, and it, it notices me and turns on, then it won't trigger again for an unknown uh, amount of time. And that's what I need to figure out. In some reviews, it says seven minutes. That doesn't work for me. If I come back in no, after that's... seven minutes, it, it won't trigger. So I think it's longer than that. It may be even 20, 30 minutes. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's, um, it definitely needs some more testing. But it's a, it's a cool little feature, and I can think of so many times, so many different ways I want to use it. So cool. So cool. And this is, yep. you know, just the, the, the amount of automation that we can do is just is just super, super interesting, especially with just the triggers and then all that fun stuff. It's just absolutely amazing. Uh, you were talking about uh, we were talking about Windows updates because Apple, Apple put Apple Microsoft pushed um, uh, their latest <laughs> Windows update, which um, what is it called? 22 RH. Like, I love these numbers H2 something. Yeah. yeah, this is where you learn to appreciate things like Sierra and Mountain Lion and, and names like that. <laughs> At least you could somewhat differentiate them, even though. I've got absolutely no idea what I'm running on my Mac. I think it's uh, Monterey is the latest one that I'm running. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, what's new in this update? I think you've been playing with um, a lot of the caption features. I have, yeah. The, the, the thing that's been talked about a lot is that we finally get the um, narrator gets access to the, what do they call them? I can't remember what they call them, the, the new voices from um, Microsoft, which sound absolutely amazing, by the way, the natural voices. And they're only 12 meg. I don't know how they do that. Is it, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Is it streaming from, you know, when, when you think like vocalizer voices can be uh, 100, 200 megs, and these are, sound absolutely amazing, they're 12 meg. So that's the big thing that people have been talking about, is that now you get three, at least here in the UK, we get three voices that you could use with Narrator. Sadly, only with Narrator. You can't use them with JAWS or NVDA. They're not available system-wide. They're only available to Narrator. Um, but still, really nice voices. But yeah, I thought, you know what, I'm going to look at some of the other ones there. And now in the new Windows update, we have uh, real-time captioning. And it's for anything, absolutely anything, any audio. Uh, Android is it the Pixel or Android in general? I've had this for a while. Yeah. Anyway, so oh, yeah. any video you play on YouTube, it can it, it does real-time captioning. Always blows my mind. I don't know how good it is because obviously I can't see it, but uh, it blows my mind that it's actually available. And it now is available in Windows. So any video you play or any audio source you play can have its own captioning window. It's just there in the, um, I just went to Windows settings with Windows I, and I always just use the search. And I just typed in real-time captioning, and it was one of the first options there. And it's pretty simple to turn on. Sadly, as I said, look, it's not, it's not aimed for us as the visually impaired. Um, it, it is obviously for a different disability. But I just think it's really cool that this is now available. Uh, it did caption everything my screen reader was saying. I did zoom oh. in and take a look at it. Okay. So <laughs> it really does take in any audio source and give it real-time captions, which I just think is absolutely amazing. The, 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 the processing on this, I remember you know, computers taking days to do this sort of work, and now it does it instantly. It's absolutely amazing. You can do different, where, uh, different positions where you want the captioning, you know, at top, bottom, left, right, wherever you want it. And you can also have different yellow on black or large font. You can change all those things. Now, it's not um, massively customizable, but uh, this is the first iteration of this, and I think it's only going to get better and better. But, yeah, honestly, I was blown away by this. I thought it was really cool. 
this is one of those things that um, I think the advent of working from home and the pandemic accelerated because we saw this feature come to Zoom calls probably about a year ago and it got better and better and better. I mean, Stephen and I used it when we did the uh, the season five premiere of Double Tap TV. We used the live capturing yep. feature in Zoom because it had to be captured, obviously, for our stream. And it worked pretty well. I mean, I looked at it afterwards and. You know, definitely if you're if you're slurring or you're, you know, you're mumbling and stuff like that, it doesn't get every single word there. But as we do. Yes. Well, exactly. Or or <laughs> accents, trying to understand certain difficult to uh, understand accents. It, it had a great time with Stephen. Um, it worked well with, <laughs> with me. Um, but, you know, it, it gets at least the basics out there. Right. So at least somebody who needs it can actually uh, converse. I'm, I'm really curious to see the advent of this, you know, real time translation, the audio translation, being able to wear a headset and literally be able to have a conversation with somebody with very little delay. They're talking. It's, it's the universal translator from Star Trek where, you know, yep. you're speaking your language. I'm speaking my language and we're just having a conversation. Yeah, absolutely. It's the tech dream, right? Babelfish of a hitchhiker's guy. Yeah. And I think it's, we're, we're almost there to be perfectly honest. Like the processing power yeah. is there. So, it, you know, let, let's, let's talk. You talk Japanese and I'll talk French. Uh, Merci. Okay. Well, that was a lovely Good conversation. Let's I love leave that. it I love there. That. <laughs> oh God. I, I I just wonder. Right. Okay. So I'm gonna be I'm gonna play devil's advocate here. By all right? means. You say the transcription was pretty good. Now, is that good enough? I mean, <sighs> if you relied on this, right, to have your meetings or whatever, if you were hard of hearing. Or even completely deaf? Would you? Would is that enough? Uh, I, we, I think it we... really depends on the scenario. I don't think I don't think it's enough if this is a if you're if you're sitting here controlling nuclear weapons, and it relies on a conversation <laughs> in Zoom. That no, but I'm serious. I'm 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 trying to give okay. an example of uh, you know life threatening, important need to have communication, know exactly what's being said. Then obviously, no, it's not enough. That being said, in the context of, you know, two tech guys talking about a TV show between breaks for two minutes, as long as you get the gist of what we're talking about, if, even if a couple words are messed up, that's fine, right? Because the world isn't going to end. But no, no, yeah, for people that's, who rely that's... on it as a, as 100% for, you know, to, to, to get by and, and any miscommunication could be, you know, deathly or, or some kind of, you know, life-threatening, yeah. then obviously it's not reliable. Or costly. Yeah, well, business, yeah. maybe. I'm just thinking, I'm sat here saying, uh, it blows me away. It's absolutely amazing. And, and someone who actually needs it you know, for more, not just playing with it as I am, if someone actually needs it, maybe saying, well, hang on, don't pat them on the back so hard yet. It, it actually, when it comes down to practical use, is it actually usable? Um, I, I'm, I'm just just putting it out there. That's yeah. all. Well, I mean, you guys tell us. Let us know. Email us. You know, you know the address. Feedback at uh, doubletaponair.com. You can just uh, let us know what you think because we're not always right. Uh, I was watching TV. <laughs> I was watching TV last night. I was don't remember what show it was, and uh, a commercial came on for a local CBS channel, and uh, and they were talking about a specific program, some kind of seniors program, and on the screen was a QR code, and they talked about scanning the QR code, and my wife said that was interesting, and I scanned it, and I, I it brought me to the page on their website with the episodes about the show they were talking about. I found that to be very interesting because it, it saves people time. And that brought up a question that I immediately texted to Stephen, 
which he hasn't answered yet. So clearly he's still in the field attending to his sheep. Shacking at sheep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So though I, I, I bring the question to you. Um, oh, no. As someone with limited vision, do you use or have a use for QR codes? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, now, have I used them? Absolutely not. Um, that's not actually true. The, but if someone says here, scan a QR code, um, obviously you need to know where to point your camera. But the cameras are good what? enough these days that they actually detect them as long as you're kind of in the vicinity. Do you use that's them? That's the beauty yeah. of them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you don't have to be that precise. I've just started using them with my local taxi company. They have a QR code that comes up on their phone, the driver's phone. Uh, which takes me to a website where I can just tap on the Apple Pay button. Now, I I, That's really I was smart. a little bit, because people will seem to throw out, I'll just scan the QR code. I was like, how do I need a special app for that? Or, you know, where do I start? And when it comes to the iPhone, at least you can just use the camera app, just open up the camera. Yeah, but even that, it's not obvious. Like when QR codes first were a thing, I'm like, oh, we can't use them on iPhone. But you can. You just use the camera app. But the yeah. camera app detects it, and then you have to tap it, and then it goes to the link. It's not as obvious as you'd think it would be. No. Well, I, I found it in the control center. So if you go to your settings in your iPhone and go to control center, and you've got all those things that are in there and things and extra things that you can add, and there is a code scanner option in there. So I um, double tapped on that to add it to the control center. And now I simply swipe down bring up the control center. And the last thing on the list is code scanner, double tap on it. And it brings up the uh, viewfinder, but it doesn't matter. I've just pointed in the general direction. Yeah. And then it takes me directly to the website that the QR code is, is pointing to. Um, I find it really easy. So yeah, it's a fantastic, it's a fantastic technology because you don't need to be precise. Like, uh, you know, trying to find a barcode on some product sometimes it, it can be tricky. It's far more forgiving a QR code, I find. And you don't have to be up close to it either. It's surprising how far yeah. away you can be. But I, I just it's, I just don't find it's used for anything particularly interesting other than taking me to a website. But to take you to a website to a specific point on a website does save you searching and trying to find it and navigate it's it. That's true. That's true. So, for yeah, example, don't, don't, if there was well, an episode of Double Tap TV and we said – you know, Sean did a great interview or, you know, you tune into Sean of the Shed on YouTube. We're going to put oh, up yes. a QR code now on the screen. Scan it now and it'll take you right to Sean of the Shed on YouTube. That saves people looking for it, finding it, et cetera, et cetera. And it brings them right that's to it. That's actually really good. Yeah, that's a great point because how many times, you know, I can never remember URLs when they, people tell me. So, I mean, that would save so much time. You're right. Okay. There is a, a, there's an, an app called NaviLens on the iPhone which just gives you uh, gives you a little bit more information and even further away, it's even more forgiving than QR codes. And I know that's very popular and there's a lot of talk about getting that into onto products uh, as well as barcodes. So um, yeah, there's definitely life in this technology and it could be really useful. I'm, I'm definitely, I'm going to try to integrate this onto TV. I don't know what the uh, higher ups will think because I don't know. The, uh, you know, accessibility wise, but, but if you know, if you say, if you say they're useful, then I'm going to go with you. I'm going to say that you said I yes. can do it. Tell them Sean said, Sean said that it's good. No, but I mean, you give a perfect example of just trying to navigate to a page, navigate, find Sean of the shed. You want to get interviews for two episodes, just scan the QR code and you can have the longer form interview. That's a great idea. My God. You see, there's a point to this show. I, I thought, you know, at the end of the day, why are we well still doing you. this? But now, now I, uh, 
<laughs> it's all good, Sean. It's all good. You see, you know, we get together sometimes, you and I, and we do these shows when Stephen's not around, and we wonder what on earth are we going to talk about for fifty-four minutes, and then yes. you know, it comes down to a time like now where there's literally uh, two minutes left, and and we're oh, like, wait a second, where where did the time where did the time go? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't, I don't know where the time went, and we will hopefully figure it out. Uh, I am excited, by the way. I want to throw this out. Microsoft is sending over the new Surface Pro Nine with five G. Very excited to play with that, with the oh, new update to me. Yeah, uh huh. And uh, okay, also cool. the Surface Laptop, the fifteen is coming to is going to be coming to us as well, and we're going to go hands on with that, which is pretty cool. I ordered the iPad, so we'll be able to go all on that. And you know what? We're actually, believe it or not, I know, I know this is going to scare people. But we're actually preparing our holiday gift guide already for TV. Oh, I know. There's nothing wrong with that. It's time. I know it's time, but we're getting all the pitches from people saying, oh, you're going to talk about this. You're going to talk about that. And I, I'm going to tell you something here first. I haven't even told Stephen this, but I've got a pile oh. here of stuff that we're going to talk about on the gift guide that we're going to give away. I want to get rid of it. I need to get it out of my office. I need to <gasps> clean up. It's not I, used stuff. It's sealed stuff. Um I'm going to give, give you... Give it away to me. No, no, you, you'll get some stuff too. I'll give you pickings. Oh, all right, okay, that's good. You'll that's get pickings good. before anybody else. But there's <laughs> definitely stuff here that I'm sure people at home uh, will appreciate. So uh, do do make sure you, you bookmark our TV show whenever uh, you do. Check out the AMI-TV app. And, of course, listen back to the show because we'll be talking about it in the future as well. Thank you He's for... Like uh, that opera Winfrey. Amazing. <laughs> it's our holiday giveaway. Everybody gets a new car. No, new car, actually not real size car, actually Hot Wheels. Yes. Um, thank you for being here with me this week. I appreciate you uh, entertaining me and letting me talk um, about stuff. I let you speak enough this week, right? You did. You were very good, Mark. Thank you very much. It was a joy as ever. We should get together more often. We should do that. Oh. I'll try to wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and join the daily shows as uh, often as I can <laughs> when I can't sleep. Uh, you guys at home, thank Thanks, you for Mark. being here. Uh, on behalf of Sean Priest and uh, Stephen Scott in his field, I am Marco Flalo. Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-TV every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.